Seismic Activity, Part Misplaced Joke The stories that follow are about such curiosities. The awkwardness of human interaction, the unshakability of fear, the randomness of memories. Being curious was my starting point, in both the active sense, being interested in people and things, and the passive, being, as we all are, a bit odd. All of them are true, though perhaps a little bent out of shape in the telling. They're about the strangeness that fascinates me in myself, in others, and, if you'll forgive the assumption, in you. There are character studies and observations, memories and digressions, singular events dealt with in a matter-of-fact fashion, and quotidian events never really dealt with at all. If you recognise something of yourself in here, then great. If, on the other hand, it just confirms that yours is the only sane voice in an otherwise bonkers world, then that's fine too. You might want to get a little expert help with that, but it's fine nonetheless. This is a book of curiosities, and if you're curious enough to read on, I thank you, and hope it reminds you of curiosities of your own. One. The Tiger Who Came to Tea Shortly before my brother's bar mitzvah, a stranger took over our home. We didn't exactly invite him. We didn't exactly block his way. He just quietly invaded, conquered us by stealth, and his greatest weapon was our own stupid politeness. My dad had an uncle called Merv. There were uncles and cousins scattered all over the place, most of whom were just names to us. But Merv, who lived in Miami, had visited London several years earlier and made quite an impression. Many of Dad's relatives reminded me faintly of American stars. Even though both parents came from immigrant stock, Mum's family were somehow terribly English, rather shy and eager to blend in, while Dad's were all larger than life. There was an aunt who was a bit like Ethel Merman, married to an uncle who had a touch of Eddie Cantor. Merv, when he visited, was somewhere between Lou Costello and Ernest Borgnine, and looked like such a quintessential American tourist that we felt like we'd known him all our lives, whereas in fact we'd just seen characters like him on TV. He was loud and funny, and peppered the conversation with phrases like, Honest to God! and You gotta be kidding! Like my dad's father, Merv owned a barber shop so he was full of gags and banter and made conversation as easily as breathing. By the time he went back to Miami, he'd already become a favourite. Transatlantic phone calls in those pre-Skype days were expensive and often afflicted with time delays and inaudibility. The upside to this was that when Merv and Dad had their occasional catch-ups, both had to shout to be heard, and Jeremy and I could sit on the stairs and listen to them shooting the breeze and that was how we first heard about Bob. Listen, Charlie, Merv was yelling across 4,000 miles of airspace. This fella walked into my shop the other day. Nice guy, a photographer. So I'm cutting his hair, not that anyone wants much off these days. Everyone's a hippie like you, but I says to him, funny thing, I got a nephew who's an artist in London. I'm not a hippie, Merv, but now I don't have to work in an office. Why do I need a short back and sides? You look how you want to look, Charlie. Merv yelled indulgently, Gazinta hate as long as you got your strength. Anyway, so this fellow, the photographer, his name is Bob Lerman, and I says to him, you should look my nephew up. I think you get along. He's coming to London, asked Dad. 
Sure, he's going to Europe, the whole of Europe. He's going to take photographs, maybe get a little work. I've given him your number. From my vantage point on the top landing, I could see Dad tensing a little. It wasn't that he and Mum were inhospitable, just that, unlike Merv, they didn't become firm friends with people on first meeting. They liked to build up to it gradually, keep a little distance, take it one step at a time. But if Merv had given our phone number to this totally unknown hippie photographer, they would have to be welcoming, take him out for a drink, maybe buy him dinner. In a moment of breezy camaraderie, Merv had landed Dad with a new friend, on the flimsy premise that they both had collar-length hair. Now, as a matter of fact, Charlie, Merv continued, Bob thinks you could do him a little favor. He's got to have some paperwork signed, I don't know, some kind of permit. He needs a UK resident to sign it, like a sponsorship thing, whatever. By now.